Hey everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Take Care with Katie podcast. I recognize that not everyone has the time to spend all day reading blog posts, and so I thought that it would make the ideas that I'm trying to share more accessible to um, audio record them as well and post them this way for those of you who are like me and like to listen to information as opposed to reading it. So yeah, welcome. Um, I guess I should start off by just giving you, especially if you're new, um, a brief overview of the goals that I have here with Take Care with Katie. My main goal is to make information more accessible to people. I kind of want to be a knowledge broker, a knowledge translator, if you will, and take some really cool things that I've learned from scientists that I follow and turn it into something that you guys want to learn too. So that's the main goal. The main topics that I cover here, or I guess I will be covering here, and that I'm already covering over on Instagram and YouTube and all the other platforms, um, is sort of threefold, or the way that I think of it in my head is threefold. So first is foundational stuff, so how we can set our bodies up for success, because we all know our brains are an organ, and just like all the other organs in our body, your brain needs things like food and sleep and exercise to function properly. So that's sort of the first bucket that I like to put my content in. The second bucket is, I sort of think of it as coping strategies. So when things are rough, when things are not going the way that you want them to be going, what tools and strategies can we use to help ourselves get back to a better place. So coping strategies, that's the second bucket. And then the third bucket is positive psychology. So I don't know if a lot of you have heard of positive psychology. I sure hadn't for a really long time. It's basically like the other side of mental health. So a lot of times in psychology, we focus on what's going wrong with the human brain and the human mind. And positive psychology focuses on what goes right and how we can continue to make it go right. So it doesn't necessarily study mental health disorders, but it's just like, how can normal people flourish and make their lives even better? So those are the three kind of content topic buckets, if you will, that I focus on. So that's just, you know, a brief intro to Take Care with Katie, the the brand. Um, but I guess I should also do a brief intro to myself. My name's Katie, if you hadn't guessed by, you know, Take Care with Katie. But basically, I personally struggle with a lot of mental health symptoms. And I'd be surprised if you, the listener, don't also struggle with you know, some sort of mental health symptom. And so I got really personally interested in self-help and psychotherapy and positive psychology in the last year of my bachelor's degree. 
So I did a bachelor's in neuroscience and mental health. I just graduated from that. And right now I'm doing my master's in health science, technology, and policy. And my goal with that is to make mental health care more accessible to people and to make preventative mental health care more common. So the topic that I wanted to start with today is CBT and sort of what CBT is and how it fits into the content and ideas that I share on this platform. So CBT stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, and it's sort of the golden standard of psychotherapy these days. And the reason why it's the golden standard is because there's a lot of evidence, so a lot of science that backs it up. For example, a review by Hoffman and colleagues from 2012 that studied the efficacy of cognitive behavioral therapy. All in all, there's been a lot of studies and a lot of science that shows that for many groups of people, cognitive behavioral therapy can be a very effective treatment. And so I focus on CBT and the concepts that CBT teaches in a lot of the work that I promote. The other really cool thing about CBT is that a lot of studies have found that self-directed CBT can also be very effective. So two different reviews that each included over 30 studies found that self-help treatment reduced both anxiety and depression. So all that to say is I think that CBT is really cool because even though going to therapists is great, it's not an option for a lot of us, at least those of us who live in Canada, because it's very expensive to go see a therapist. And so I think it's really cool that not only is there a lot of evidence that shows that CBT is awesome, but there's a lot of evidence that shows that self-help CBT is also awesome. So really quickly, I wanted to talk about two things today. The history of CBT, which sounds super boring, but I promise it's not. It's actually really interesting. And sort of the foundational idea or framework of CBT. So that moving forward, when I talk about these things and refer back to these things, we all are on the same page. So that's it for today. That's all we're going to talk about. And then at the end of the episode, um, I will leave you with a journal prompt or a thought prompt and a couple minutes at the end where you can journal or think about it. Kind of like, dare I say it, homework. <laughs> um, but yeah. And again, like everything, you can do it if you want or you can just turn it off at that point. So that's that's how the rest of this episode is going to go. So, okay, let's start with a little history of CBT. So like I said, I want to highlight the researchers in this field and sort of amplify their work because, you know, these are not my ideas. This is not my work. So I think it's really important to highlight other people and research. Um, so the person that I'm going to focus on in this episode is a guy named Aaron Beck. And Aaron Beck was really cool because basically he was trained as a psychotherapist. And 
back when he was, you know, going through school for this stuff, they taught something called psychoanalysis. And for those of you who have taken Psych 101 and have heard of Freud, um, you might have also heard of psychoanalysis. So this was the type of psychotherapy where, you know, you can picture a therapist sitting in a chair and a patient like lying on a Mm. bed talking about their childhood and their parents and like their obsession with penises and all that other Freud stuff, right? So that was actually the common practice back then with psychotherapy. And Aaron Beck sort of realized through a few research studies that psychoanalysis really didn't work. So he started to look into other options for patients with like depression and anxiety, right? And he realized that people who are depressed have these automatic negative thoughts about themselves, other people, the world around them, and like their future. And he realized that if he could help his patients identify and evaluate these negative automatic thoughts, the patients were able to think more rationally and as a result, their mood often increased as well. So Aaron Beck was kind of the C in CBT. He is the father of cognitive therapy. So cognitive is just a fancy word for like the way that we think and understand and learn things. Um, So that's the C. And then the B stands for behavior. And that is, it's sort of a different piece. I'll be talking about behavior a little bit today, but we're going to get into it later on down the road because the next couple episodes are really going to be focusing on cognition. So just put a pause on the B, on the behavior part, but we're going to come back to it, I promise. So yeah, a lot of people call Aaron Beck the father of CBT. I think that a lot of the work he did was really cool. So if you have a chance to look into him or if you're interested in this kind of stuff, um, Aaron Beck is a great place to start. And he actually, there's a website called thebeckinstitute.org that has a lot of interesting um, pages, like website pages on it. So definitely check that out if you have the time. So with the last little bit of time um, in this episode today, I wanted to just talk quickly about a foundational framework that therapists use when they're practicing CBT, and it's called the CBT triangle. So normally I would show you a diagram of the CBT triangle, except for I can't because, you know, you're you're listening to me. So instead, I'm going to do my best to describe it in words. Um, but just like everything else, if you're having a hard time picturing what I'm describing, just Google it. If you Google cognitive behavioral therapy triangle or CBT triangle, it will pop up. It'll be the first thing that pops up. So uh, don't worry too much if if my description doesn't make sense to you because just Google it and it's very simple. You'll get it. So I guess what I want you to start thinking of is like draw a big circle in your mind and this circle is a situation. So something happens, something doesn't happen. You get put into this circumstance in your life, right? A situation. And this could be anything. And so we're going to represent that with a big circle. 
And then inside that circle, we're going to draw a triangle. And the triangle is going to be drawn with double-headed arrows connecting each of the points, okay? On the first point at the top of the triangle, it's going to be thoughts. So, I mean, obviously thoughts are, it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Like we all know what thoughts are, but in short, our brain interprets the world around us, right? And when a situation happens, we interpret that situation. We have thoughts about it. And so that is the top of the triangle. Okay, so you can put a T there for thoughts. And then in the bottom left-hand corner, I want you to put the word emotions or, you know, a letter E if you want to symbolize that. Um, But basically, when we have thoughts, when we interpret a situation, oftentimes we feel something about that. We have an emotional reaction to the thoughts that we're having. So that's part two of our triangle. And then we'll head on over to the corner in the bottom right. And here is behaviors. After we interpret a situation with our thoughts and then experience an emotional reaction, we often respond with a behavior. So this is something we do or don't do. And the reason why we like to put this in a triangle I say we, like I helped make this triangle. I did not help make this triangle. (laughs) The reason why they like to put this in a triangle um, with double-headed arrows that connect thoughts, feelings, and behaviors is because all of these things interact with each other, right? So it's not linear. They all interact all the time, constantly in our heads. And this happens for almost every situation we encounter. So the cool thing about this CBT triangle is that oftentimes when we are interested in self-help, it's because we're interested in changing something, whether that be our thoughts, our behaviors, or our emotions. We want to change one of those things or all of them. But especially when it comes to emotions, Changing our emotions can be very difficult, which might seem discouraging at first, but the neat thing about the CBT triangle is you can see it's kind of a system that works together. It's like a cycle. And so when you change one, either your thoughts, your behaviors, or your emotions, the others will likely change too. And so Like I said, even though it can be hard to change our emotions, there are two other opportunities to change our emotions with our thoughts and our behaviors. So that's pretty cool. Well, I think. (laughs) I think it's pretty cool at least. And that's kind of the idea that we'll come back to, especially when we talk about like coping strategies and how to deal with hard times. We'll be coming back to this CBT triangle often. So keep it in the back of your mind. So yeah, that's the main idea that I wanted to share with you today. I'll leave you with a quote that I really like, and it's a central idea outlined in Darwin's On the Origin of Species. Um, So the quote goes like this, it's not the strongest or the most intelligent species that survive, but the ones most adaptive to change. And so that's really what CBT is about. It's about giving people tools and resources to 
be able to change what they do have control over. And like I've been saying, it's going to be a central theme in, in some of the episodes moving forward. So I just wanted to lay the foundation today and make sure we're all on the same page moving forward. So with that being said, I will leave you with our journal slash thought prompts of today. And they are, when are your emotions at their best? And when are your emotions at their worst? So that's the first sort of prompt that you can think about. And the second one is, what behaviors do you want to change? So with that, I will leave you to think about those questions for a little bit. And I will see you. I guess I won't see you, but I will hang out with you, I guess, in the next episode.